Welcome everyone to the third episode of Green Talks. This podcast is an initiative of GreenHub Twente aimed at sharing perspectives of researchers from the University of Twente and their sustainable research progress to a wider audience. I'm Thomas Setchei, your host for today's episode, but also a GreenHub officer responsible for the research and education portfolio. We believe that more attention should be given to the sustainable impact UT researchers and professors make and will make with many of their projects running and in development. That's why we made this podcast for you, knowledge seekers living in the change of era. Now, please lay back and enjoy. Today, we are honored by the presence of Associate Professor Devrim Yazan, who, just like me, has a background in industrial engineering, but with a specialization in circularity and sustainable supply chains. Hi, Devrim. Hello, Thomas. You were also my professor last year in sustainable supply chains. So thank you for accepting the invitation. Could you tell us about your background and where you're coming from? Thank you very much, Thomas. Thank you for inviting also uh, to you and to GreenUp. Uh, I'm Devrim Yazan. I am an associate professor of circular economy and sustainability uh, at the industrial engineering and business information systems section in the BMS faculty behavioral management and social sciences faculty. Uh, I conduct uh, interdisciplinary research uh, in the field of uh, circular economy, circular economic business models, sustainable supply chains, um, which are uh, today's uh, big challenges, of course, that require um, a holistic and interdisciplinary solution. So uh, we are trying to produce solutions with our researchers and also uh, transmitted through our students. Yeah, and I think this, this is a very good thing that you are doing there. But before we dwell into your sustainable efforts and all your educational background and current solutions that you are trying to produce, we would like to kick off with a question that we ask all our guests, including you now. <coughs> Could you tell us, to our audience, what is your most unsustainable guilty pleasure? Unsustainable guilty pleasure. Well, uh, this is a good question. I think uh, I can reply this by saying traveling. I like traveling a lot. Uh, actually, somebody shouldn't feel too guilty about it. But when you travel too much uh, with uh, uh, unsustainable means, then of course it is also a burden for the uh, environment, uh, which we need to acknowledge, I believe. But I am trying to compensate this a uh, guilty pleasure <laughs> of uh, unsustainable guilty pleasure with uh, trying to pay attention to some of my um, uh, daily behaviors such as like I try to use uh, minimum social media uh, and uh, try to avoid uh, too much energy consumption in my daily life and so on. That's great and I would like mm -hmm. to hear more about your personal understanding and personal motivation on sustainability then. Yes, uh, well, sustainability is a common challenge of society. Uh, it is uh, uh, a common problem uh, of uh, society, companies, governments, which require solutions uh, uh, which involve uh, multiple stakeholders. An integrated uh, stakeholder vision is very valuable and important in order to achieve sustainability, I believe. 
Uh, otherwise, I also consider sustainability as a trade-off challenge. While we are trying to improve one aspect of sustainability, you might encounter challenges in the other aspects. Because as we know, it is a triple bottom line, environmental, social and economic sustainability. And it is not always easy to implement all solutions that uh, we are able to produce scientifically. Uh, when it comes to practice, it represents a challenge. That's why developing a common uh, shared vision is highly significant. That, that's great to hear. And we are here to also share this vision with the students, the researchers, and also outside audience. <coughs> so this was your personal motivation on sustainability, but why did you decide to follow this research direction of circularity? Yes, thank you for this question. Well, uh, personally, uh, in 2005, uh, I was an Erasmus student uh, in Italy, in Politecnico di Bari. Uh, it was my last year of uh, university studies. Uh, I passed one uh, lively year there, and uh, at the end of my studies, uh, my professor there uh, asked me if I would like to follow up, uh, a PhD uh, program. Uh, it was about sustainable supply chains. Uh, until then, I didn't have the idea of uh, becoming a, a scientist. Just uh, I evaluated the offer uh, and uh, I liked the idea, I liked the topic. Uh, so I started to conduct my PhD on environmental and economic sustainability of supply chains. Uh, this went uh, through uh, different topics. I specifically worked on joint supply chain management uh, where uh, we incorporate waste recycling and end-of-life product recycling and we connect uh, different supply chains. Then I noticed that uh, this approach was quite fit with the idea of industrial symbiosis. Oh. Industrial symbiosis uh, is a concept, is a circular economy concept uh, where the companies can make use of shared resources and facilities. Uh, a rather simplistic definition, the waste produced by a company can be used as an alternative primary resource for another company. And usually these companies are located in traditionally disengaged industries. So it means that they are not sharing a common uh, business culture as well. So implementing uh, industrial symbiosis uh, is a big challenge uh, in Europe. Uh, only 0.1% of companies adopted. Also, it is uh, a very promising approach in order to tackle with waste streams and in order to develop business from waste streams. Um, this uh, drew my attention and I wanted to deepen my research on this topic uh, and following that uh, we uh, formed a consortium and we applied for a uh, European uh, Horizon uh, 2020 grant uh, and we won it. Uh, it is called Sharebox. During Sharebox project we implemented uh, an IC uh, ICT platform where companies can share information about their available resources and wastes. So it was a kind of facilitator IT platform uh, to engage companies to industrial symbiosis. There we uh, uh, made uh, uh, we published a large amount of articles, we conducted research, we also ran classes to pass this knowledge to our students and so on. Uh, but industrial symbiosis 
does not completely fill the enormous field of circular economy, then I notice that we need to also engage policymakers and also the society uh, in order to achieve a Doro transition, uh, transition uh, through circular economy. And now, uh, in a more extended field, I can say that we are tackling with the circular economy challenges in order to reach sustainable development goals. Great. Thank you for this insightful answer. Maybe then it's also good for, for those of us that do not exactly know everything about circular economy to also go a bit more in depth and uh, elaborate on what really is, what is the idea of circular economy and what kind of strategies could be prioritized in there. Thank you very much. Well, uh, maybe I should start uh, by mentioning a common uh, mistake uh, that usually people do. Uh, people think like circular economy uh, does only relate uh, to uh, closing resource loops uh, such as recycling uh, or recovery of energy. Uh, however, it is much more. Uh, circular economy is a paradigm uh, and we need to have, it, have this paradigm shift from linear economy to circular economy uh, while we consider the pyramid of circular economy also and this uh, represents the uh, priority strategies. Uh, our colleagues uh, Bokun and others in 2016 they published an article that I like so much when uh, I receive questions about circular economy. I reply giving this, uh, this paper as, an, uh, as, a, as a reference point. Uh, in circular economy there are three main strategies. These are narrowing the resource loops, uh, slowing the resource loops, and closing the resource loops. Uh, if I detail a bit more, uh, narrowing the resource loops means that you use uh, less resources in order to produce the same amount of output, to make it simple. In slowing the resource loops, you uh, make products uh, uh, for a longer life cycle so that uh, their uh, life within our economy is longer and they are upgradable, they are recyclable and so on. Uh, this is what we call uh, slowing the resource loops. Incl this includes many, many things. You can associate topics like, I don't know, maintenance, uh, remanufacturing, refurbishing, uh, with, uh, with the slowing the resource loop strategy. And the last one is closing the resource loops. There we talk about recycling and energy recovery. There industrial symbiosis uh, is uh, playing an important role. Because in circular economy, if you notice uh, from my explanation, first you need to prevent the waste. If you are not able to prevent the waste, then you need to deal with it. And industrial symbiosis comes into the game there. Uh, unfortunately, in not uh, all of the sectors, uh, our technology is uh, sufficiently developed uh, in order not to produce waste. So waste comes as a secondary output and we need to deal with it. Uh, that's why uh, closing the resource loops in the form of industrial symbiosis uh, still uh, plays a very critical role. We are in the bottom of the circularity pyramid. We need to make more uh, strategy, we need to develop more solutions through the uh, upper side of the pyramid. That is, that is needed. For example, uh, in the top of the pyramid there is refuse. So don't produce what is not necessary, don't consume what is not necessary. Then 
reduce than reuse and it goes down like refurbish remanufacture repair recycling and recovery uh, energy recovery they are at the end so while trying to find solutions for the bottom side of the pyramid also we need to make a behavioral shift for the top of the pyramid okay i i think it's it's getting very clear to all of us now that circularity is is a very integrated approach both individually but also corporately so we need to take the first step to reuse things and then go into how we can either slow but also close the loop mm-hmm. and um to to companies but also to many organizations closing the loop also saves a lot of money because virgin materials are getting scarce and and they're also producing a lot of environmental footprint right so you mentioned that closing the loop using industrial symbiosis is very critical what is your take on it how what is your view on how this could be achieved or how would you achieve this as a researcher well in my opinion uh, industrial symbiosis has multiple challenges these are uh, technological operational uh, also a matter of company culture uh, availability of information sharing these are very important topics trust acceptance uh, because you are making business out of waste so first of all in order to make this business uh, you need to provide certain information to your potential business partners and their companies already are reluctant uh in order to ch- uh, f- bring a solution to this challenge we ran the sharebox project which was financed financed by the european commission between 2015 and 20. so we as the university of twente in this information sharing platform we implemented uh, decision support tools these related to these are related to uh, recommender systems which are helping companies to matchmake between each other so it's a kind of system that helps them look i have this type of waste hey look i am looking for this type of resource so can we find each other and can i learn about the location the technical qualities of the waste etc and can we make a business from it um next uh, usually companies are not able to see the future economic benefits of such a business model and uh, they are reluctant again to share information so to facilitate this we also implemented uh, benefit sharing schemes uh, where we use a game theoretical approach also uh, and uh, uh, these uh, these decision support tools help companies to visualize the future uh, economic benefits in return of course there are environmental benefits because Uh, one company saves from uh, discharging the waste and the other company saves from uh, buying traditional uh, inputs uh, one relates to overwhelming production of wastes and the other relates to the challenge of resource depletion so if you implement a symbiosis you help uh, to mitigate both uh, impacts uh, from environmental perspective and also you you make money Uh, via cost reduction uh, although it is uh, a challenging business because you need to deal with waste you m- it, you might need to uh, make treatment uh, you might need to transport it and uh, you know these also involve costs uh, 
in order to mitigate uh, these challenges, we implemented also business models. We proposed several cost-sharing, benefit-sharing options uh, to companies. And uh, during the project, uh, industrial clusters from Germany, from Spain, United Kingdom and Turkey, they implemented uh, these solutions. They used the uh, uh, Sharebox platform. Uh, and we achieved uh, significant carbon emission reductions and waste diversion from landfill. And we triggered also some investments in the field. That's, that's good to hear. So to summarize, on the short term, it is expensive to, to go into closing the loop. However, as you mentioned as well, so on the long term, this is more something that will bring more resilience to the company, uh, bring cost efficiency, especially on uh, the sourcing side of raw materials. Mm. The supply chain will also be more integrated. Uh, Industrial symbiosis will allow waste not to uh, go to landfills. So that's also um, less pressure from the government our side to become more sustainable. And uh, I, I believe this also going to make our life better. So yes. how does it um, how does it really affect how does industrial symbiosis going to really affect our life from your perspective? Thank you for this question. Also human touch, right? Yeah, that's our university, isn't that's it? That's our <laughs> university. Indeed, uh, we develop uh, some technological solutions, uh, mainly based on information technologies, but there are also uh, many uh, researchers in the field uh, trying to develop circular process technologies as well. When it comes to the human touch, uh, we also worked on a couple of projects. Let me give you those examples. Uh, one of them uh, was financed by the BMS faculty, BMS Signature uh, grant uh, with a PhD project. It is related to uh, circular construction ecosystems. The construction industry, uh, unfortunately, is the most wasteful industry. and. Um, Due to the nitrogen emissions uh, in the in the sector, uh, there is huge pressure uh, on construction industry to become more and more circular. So we developed uh, this um, uh, project, uh, which is called uh, Smart, Sustainable and Resilient Circular Construction Ecosystems. Uh, we are developing a platform, an information sharing platform. Uh, we call it Circularity Platform, actually. Uh, in order to facilitate cooperation between uh, the companies uh, located in construction industry. Uh, of course, in the Netherlands, we have the challenge of space. The sector is suffering a lot. Uh, foreigner students, when they come to Netherlands, they cannot find the uh, houses. That's correct. Unfortunately, uh, we are uh, also the government uh, is not quickly approving anymore the, the pr construction projects and so on. Therefore, uh, it is highly given priority by the Dutch government as well in order to align with the Paris, uh, Paris Agreement. Uh, so, by achieving circularity uh, within the construction industry, for example, via refurbishing buildings or via uh, using uh, the inputs coming from uh, demolition uh, in new projects uh, can be quite helpful uh, to reduce also the uh, re resource depletion caused by the construction industry. Of course, when you are reducing the resource depletion, it means that you are not mining new, new materials and you do not spend all the energy 
in that part of the story, exactly. in that part of the supply chain. So uh, that's why it also increases your resilience uh, for uh, for companies in the industry. Obviously, this has a human touch part because it, it uh, mitigates the tension in the uh, house markets. Uh, it uh, it reduces the emissions. Therefore, uh, health problems can be reduced also. Uh, which are associated to the emissions coming from uh, uh, processes in the in, in the construction industry and so on. Um, another example, which was a Tech for People project, again financed by BMS faculty. Um, <coughs> there we dealt with uh, another common uh, Dutch problem. I call it Dutch mm -hmm. problem, but actually it is international. The animal manure problem. Uh, where uh, you can use animal manure in order to produce biogas, which can be later on converted into heat and electricity, mm -hmm. which is also a, a circular business model in order to uh, give a support to uh, farmers, animal farmers, uh, and also uh, other farmers in order to have a local circular uh, business models via reducing the manure leakage into the landfill, which has further impact in uh, underground water. Uh, but also it, uh, there are emissions uh, coming from uh, this uh, intensive farming. And as the biggest, largest meat uh, exporter of Europe, uh, Netherlands is facing challenges on this. So an alternative uh, in a circular uh, business uh, strategy you can make use of manure uh, in order to produce energy and use it within local uh, energy streams okay that's great so now now we really tackled on how it's going to change our life how can organizations or for example the construction industry really change i hope civil engineers paid close attention mm. uh, but now how could how could we as the university or you yourself educate and mobilize students mm. to turns to transit to this kind of circle lifestyle? Thank you very much. Uh, as I told in the beginning, circular economy must be cross-disciplinary, interdisciplinary. It is needed. So as uh, only engineers take one perspective, as only psychologists take one perspective, it is not enough. We need to work together, we need to cooperate. Because uh, any sustainability challenge requires uh, a rich perspective, uh, which uh, which is fed by multiple uh, backgrounded people. Um, for example, uh, last year we started our circular economy transition minor. This is a 15 credit minor uh, module, in which uh, last year we had 55. This year we had four, uh, we have 47 students from 10 different backgrounds. So we have industrial engineering and management business administration, psychology, communication sciences, advanced technology, creative technology, business information technologies, Atlas. Uh, I apologize if I forgot any of them. But, mm -hmm. but yeah, that's, that's already impressive. So there is interest in the university for this. And let's not forget that the wonderful Patricia Rogetzer is also helping yes. you with this minor. Of course. Uh, I, will, uh, I, I also uh, would like to thank my colleagues uh, who are uh, giving uh, uh, lectures uh, and who played a critical role in the preparation of the circular economy transition minor. Could you also tell us about how the, the minor is structured and yeah. what is so interesting yeah. about it? Sure. So minor uh, takes the 
three stakeholders in the core. These are companies, society, and policymakers. So uh, we have circularity management and technology, which addresses the part of companies. We have psychology and communication for sustainable change, which addresses the society. Then we have elements of environmental economics, which addresses the role of government in terms of policy making. So students get these three theory classes. Each class has two teachers. Uh, and then they play uh, the game of uh, circular economy transition, where they are practicing the theory they got in the courses in a, in a kind of uh, online game setup. Um, me and Patricia Rogutzer, we are giving circularity management and technology. P Peter De Vries and CK Ansma, they are giving the psychology and communication for sustainable change. Luca Fracascia and Veronica Union, they are giving the elements of environmental economics. Yifei Yu and Rinald Skugis, uh, my uh, PhD student and my teaching assistant, we are running the game of uh, circular economy transition. In the preparation of the game, we all teachers work together. So in the game setup, what we do is this. Uh, this the groups are composed of students. There are five students in a group, uh, at least three different programs. So same uh, background in the same group is not allowed. Uh, because we are telling to students in the beginning, the first teachers to each other are yourselves. Please don't forget to learn from each other because they are coming to the minor with a, uh, with a good knowledge in different uh, programs. And now we are expecting them to merge uh, these powers and uh, achieve a circular economic transition. Groups are attributed to the responsibility of uh, houses so they are acting as households. They are attributed the responsibility of companies, so they are acting as company managers. And they're also attributed the uh, role of voting in the city council. There is a municipality in the game. So they can uh, look at the case from the lenses of different stakeholders. The simple challenge of the game is that it, it runs for four rounds, but the resources provided to the city are not sufficient to run the entire game. Therefore, students are expected to take circular actions in order to keep the resources in the loop so that the city doesn't bank uh, bankrupt, so that they can survive during the game. So they are uh, trying to tackle with this challenge via taking like actions such as uh, refurbishment, such as actions like recycling, industrial symbiosis, or the households can reduce their consumption. They can adopt uh, different energy technology, renewable energy technologies. And uh, the government, the municipality can make regulations. For example, they can provide encouraging incentives to people and to companies, or they can make also binding regulations in order to uh, push uh, companies uh, to take more sustainable actions. Yeah, let's not spoil everything and all the decisions. I of mean, course. I'm already interested, <laughs> but uh, yeah, this is this is what what we just heard is really a challenge-based minor, and I do 
do tell everyone who is in their second year now to apply next year as well. So it's it's the second quarter. And uh, but next to this, this is not the only game that you developed. You do have a an online laboratory where you have more than one game. And I heard, and there is a spoiler, it might as well just come out soon. Could you tell us about that? Yes, uh, just to make it correct, uh, currently uh, the laboratory is not open. It is planned to be open in next spring. Uh, it is going to be called uh, Sustainable Resilient Circular Economy Laboratory, SRC Lab. Uh, and um, this is an online laboratory. Uh, it doesn't have physical infrastructure uh, in which uh, we are going to embed currently three games but later on we want to expand it. So one of the games I already explained is the circular economy transition game. Uh, so it creates the basis for the lab. And it is an environment which can comfortably welcome uh, also different teachers who want to teach certain aspects of sustainability. Because in the basis, if you look at uh, the case very simply, there are people in the city, there are companies in the city, and there's uh, there uh, policy making, uh, makers. Therefore, uh, these are open. Then if you want to teach something very specific, we can integrate it into the uh, online uh, uh, game uh, uh, in a horizontal manner. But if you want to teach also something very specific, uh, which requires maybe more complex mathematics uh, that can be also int integrated in a vertical manner. Mm -hmm. This is possible. So this is a kind of like collaboration environment that we keep open to our colleagues, uh, to our teachers uh, who want to teach different aspects. Yeah, but it's also open to companies. Is that correct? Or it will be? Uh, it will be. Yeah, because currently uh, what we have is that uh, we are in an early stage. Therefore, uh, we would like to collect uh, more interests from our colleagues and see also the student interest. Uh, uh, we are going to run a few sessions uh, during uh, spring and summer, which is going to be open uh, to teachers and students. Later on, we would like to embed also real data into the laboratory, uh, where we can comfortably engage also companies. This is uh, one of the future goals of the of the laboratory. Oh, that that's great. That really shows me how a researcher like you would also apply their their research in practice, and not only apply, but to also to show it to the world. So I think this is really great. Now, unfortunately, we are short on time, so I would like to ask you to to give a takeaway message to our audience, an advice perhaps on uh, circularity. Um, sustainable development is a goal of everybody. Circular economy is how you can reach it. Uh, please uh, try to develop uh, a rich and diversified perspective on circular economy and welcome uh, any student, any teacher uh, with, uh, from different uh, programs from different backgrounds uh, in order to study it together and in order to improve it together and take it to practice. Wonderful. Thank you very much again for joining our podcast. Thank you. And I much. hope to see you soon again in class. Thank you very much, Tamas. I wish also everybody a Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. Likewise. And you will hear us in our next episode.
Till then. Goodbye.